St. Saviors would love to know one or two things that we could pray for you right now in your life and ministry. What would they be? Ooh, um, life and ministry. Okay, we'll go, uh, go ministry first. I think our major thing is trying to grow a church with lots of different people who have lots of different ideas about what church should look like. So that's our kind of biggest challenge. It's growing, which is great. We've got um, a lot of very new Christians, which is fantastic. Um, And a lot of Christians who probably not before too long might be with the Lord and not a huge amount in the middle. So uh, yeah, that's what we're kind of dealing with. So kind of growing a church in that kind of environment, really. And family-wise, our youngest, Luke, has just started school, so we're entering a whole new stage of life uh, there. It's a lot quieter around the place, but whenever you kind of change um, season as a family, yeah, kind of developing with that, really, and Luke settling into school, I think would be great. Amazing. Should we pray? Let's pray. Let's reach out our hands towards Tim, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Tim. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are for him and with him. And Lord, we just thank you for your anointing upon him and how you have called him to do great things for your kingdom. And Lord, we thank you for all that's happening at Mary Mags. Lord, we thank you for your spirit being on the move. We thank you for people coming to know you for the first time and people coming back to know you, having been away. Lord, we thank you for um, those baby Christians and we thank you for those who are just about to step into glory. Lord, we thank you um, for them. And we do pray for that in-between bit. Lord, we pray for more... uh, solid uh, Christians to be able to come and support the work and ministry there. We pray for Tim that you would uphold him and give him all that he needs in this season. And Lord, we thank you for Emma and for Jacob and Luke. We thank you for this family and we continue to pray your blessing to rest upon them, especially in this new season. Lord, we pray for Luke that you bless him as he starts school. And we pray for Tim and Emma as they adjust to a new pattern of life at home. Lord, that you would lead and guide them. And Lord, we pray for Tim tonight that uh, you would just give him all that he needs as he brings your word to us. For your glory we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't know whether we have a video. Do we have a video, guys? We have a quick video and then it's over to the Tim. Brilliant. If you've got a Bible with you, I'm going to read from uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and from verse 10. Uh, In a couple of minutes, you can have a quick scrabble around for that. Before uh, we do that, um, for those people, and there are some here, because I don't know who some of you are, walking up and think, you won't know who I am either. So who is this guy that's just walked in? Uh, My name is Tim. I was part of this church for 11 years, up until 2013. I was on staff for six of those years, uh, including one year with Joya, which is remain engraved on my life, so I've got the scars to prove it, um, for one of those years. And then three years ago, uh, myself and Emma and uh, our two boys and six of fantastic congregation here uh, went over three miles that way to join a church called St. Mary Magdalene in Littleton, which sits right on the gate of Shepherdson Studios, to help a really, really wonderful, faithful bunch of people who had kept a church going for nearly 20 years and had done an amazing faithful job. But our role was to go in and kind of provide vision and bring some life and some energy, hopefully, uh, to it as well and to really kind of help that church to go forward. And um, slowly but surely, three and a bit years in, I'm beginning to think it's happening, uh, which is great news. So it's brilliant to be with you tonight and uh, um, 
kind of as part of this uh, course that you're going through, um, series you're going through, looking at uh, Ephesians. So if you've got a Bible, we're going to read from uh, Ephesians chapter 3 uh, and from verse 10. And my Bible has just turned to Galatians, which is really helpful of it in that moment. I'll go the right way. There we are, Ephesians chapter 3 and from verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, the accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are your glory. For this reason... I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have a look at the screen. Please, sir. I want some more. What? Please, sir. I want some more. More? You can watch it more later. I couldn't find um, a YouTube clip of that without bizarre subtitles. So I do, do apologise. Not even sure what language it was. Someone can probably, probably tell me. Do you, do we, approach God with freedom and confidence as that reading said we should? Or... Do we approach God like Oliver Twist? Coming with a very small bowl, hoping, just maybe, possibly, that God might, if we ask really hard, and if we're really, really good, might give us Something. Just something. I've been really good this week, God. Could I have just, just a little bit? Or do we approach God with freedom and confidence? If I'm honest, most of the time, I approach God like Oliver Twist. I approach God thinking, maybe, just maybe, there might be an answer to prayer. 
maybe he might think that today's my lucky day and everything's going to be all right. But Paul says, let us approach God with freedom and confidence. Three and a half years ago, when we arrived at St. Mary Magdalene, we decided there was one thing that had to be every week without fail, and that was that we were going to pray. And one of the incredible things about the last three and a half years is that every week, minus a couple of weeks off in the summer holidays, that's happened. And to start with, Emma and I thought, it's just going to be the two of us, we're just going to meet. But pretty much every week without fail, there's never been less than a ten or a dozen of us that have met week by week to pray. And as a result of that, we've seen some pretty amazing things happen in the context of some pretty difficult things as well, but some pretty amazing things happen. And three weeks ago, Sunday morning, just in a very normal Sunday morning service, Three people, one morning service, came to faith. Come on, that's a bit more enthusiasm for that. Three people came to faith. It was just, I was like, oh my goodness. I'd gone with my small bowl of expectation. I got to the end of the service and I was thinking, do you know what? I'm going to pray a prayer and just maybe someone might, become a Christian. And I did the really bad thing you're never supposed to do when you pray the prayer. It's kind of when you're leading it from the front If I closed my eyes. And then I said, now if you prayed that prayer with me at the end, just kind of put your hand up. And I, the huge amount of small bold faith that I had, I kind of opened a tiny corner of one eye, hoping that maybe just, you know, someone might scratch their nose and I might kind of take that, someone <laughs> to put their hand up. And three people put their hands up. And I was like, oh my goodness. And two of the people that put their hand up were um, a married couple that had come into our church two weeks before, never seen them before, just rocked up one Sunday. And they walked in, I got chatting to them, kind of said hello. I think I'd spoken to them the following week as well, um, but I hardly knew anything about them. And they put their hands up at the back. I was like, oh, it's amazing. And then the following week, I went around to see them at their house. And it was a lovely couple, and we got chatting, and we talked about kind of, you know, what the prayer had meant, and kind of what they'd done. And I began to ask them their story of why they were there. I was like, why three weeks ago did you kind of walk into this church, a couple just um, kind of late 20s, early 30s? What, what possessed you to do it? And they said, well, two weeks before that, we'd been at a baptism service um, over in Hampton. And a uh, they said, we'd asked to be godparents at this baptism service. And we thought, oh, that's a really lovely honor to be asked to be godparents. And they said, uh, and so we went along to this service. And they said, we can't describe to you exactly what happened. But somewhere in the middle of this baptism service, they said, something happened to both of us. And we looked at each other and said, we, we need to do something about what we're seeing in this church. Something is happening within both of them. I don't know what it is. We, we can't describe it to you, but something happened. And then two weeks later, we felt we need to start going to church. And so they came along. 
And they said our only prayer was that there'd be a good vicar like the vicar we'd seen at this other church. <laughs> and they kind of came, they were like, that prayer didn't get answered, but we, we're going to stick it out anyway. <laughs> but they, they, they came along and I said, well, it's, it's brilliant to have you. And, and it's amazing what God is doing in your lives, what somehow the Holy Spirit has started to stir in you. And they were like, yeah, but we very nearly didn't come through your doors. And I was like, well, why? What was it that's nearly stopped you? And the husband of this couple turned to me and he said, we didn't feel worthy enough to come through the door. Didn't feel worthy enough to come through the door. And there was a bit of me that at the moment went, well, part of that's slightly good because part of that's kind of like the prompting of the Holy Spirit of kind of like, do you know what, you've you, you got to do some business with God here and get some stuff sorted out. But there was another huge part of me that was like, hang on a minute, you're completely misunderstood. None of us are worthy and that's why we come because it's Jesus himself that makes you and I worthy and beginning to just explain to them about that you can almost see in them this kind of change and kind of release because the truth is folks that none of us are worthy to come before God but because of Christ he makes us worthy and more than that he says come before me with freedom and confidence. And just to go back two verses before that to verse 10 in Ephesians 3, Paul writes, his intent, otherwise God's intent, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What is the manifold wisdom of God that Paul is talking about? That you and I, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, whatever we have done, can approach the throne of God with freedom and confidence to start moving away from praying little, bold, please God, could possibly I have some more prayers. To praying prayers that will change lives and will change us and our communities as we know it. Why, if most of us are honest, do we approach God with a bowl like this, asking possibly for a little bit more. Because the enemy knows that if, as a church, we realize that our role is to approach the throne of God with freedom and confidence, then incredible things will begin to happen. Three and a quarter years ago, we started praying in St. Mary Magdalene. And we're beginning to see 
moment by moment, week by week, things happen. Friends, tonight, I believe for some of us, maybe all of us here, God wants us to move from praying little bold prayers to praying freedom and confidence prayers before the throne of God. I believe for some of us tonight, God wants us to start uncovering again prayers that maybe we prayed years ago that we now think are impossible to pray because they'll never happen because life and circumstance have happened to us. Do you know what? One of the enemy's greatest tactics is just to throw life and circumstance at us. And what does it do? It crushes our faith and crushes the way we approach God. So we end up just coming before God with a small bowl saying, God, would you please possibly maybe when the manifold wisdom of God was that we would approach the throne of God with freedom and confidence. As Claire said, uh, some of us were incredibly privileged uh, yesterday to go to Toby and Claire's wedding. And um, while we were there, if I can just flip that on, that's going back the wrong way. There we go. Let's go this way. We got to go to Toby and Claire's wedding. There's lovely Claire uh, in, her, in her wedding dress. And um, we, I, I just felt just incredibly, incredibly honoured to, um, to be there. And uh, when it got to the, um, the, the speeches, which is always, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible part of any wedding, isn't it? It's always the kind of hit or miss moment. They're always going to be absolutely incredible or just tragic. It's going to be kind of somewhere in between. Toby um, started uh, his, his speech and he was talking about the moment that uh, him and Claire got together. And then he started describing the first phone call that he made afterwards. And he got on the phone to, um, to his best man, Steve, and he was like, I just snogged the PE teacher. <laughs> and um, at that moment, I was sat across the table um, from Lee Standing, that a lot of you will know. And um, I looked across at Lee. And uh, one thing you've got to kind of realize, most men will, will get this, that um, with guys, there's kind of like a, a secret code that you can some just like look at a guy in a certain situation. And we kind of gave each other that look. And we went, yeah, he's batting well out of his league <laughs> at that moment. I, I kind of cut um, Toby out of the picture because kind of there he is. If you kind of look at that, he's kind of got the lot, sort of beautiful like lost puppy kind of face. <laughs> right, look how, look how incredible I've, I've been. Look how fortunate I've been. And it suddenly took me back. About four years ago, four, four and a half years ago now, when I first met Toby, and I had the real privilege of uh, mentoring Toby for a period of time, and this guy prays big, bold prayers. And we went through a period of time together and meeting regularly and praying, and he was praying for a wife, and he wasn't settling for second best. And I just showed, as me and Lee looked at each other across the table, it just kind of came into my mind of, Wow. He's kind of certainly hit the jackpot. And there's another photo just to prove just how much he hit the jackpot. But here's a man, one of the men I know, who prays the kind of prayers and believes God for the best. Rather than just settling for, please God, will you, maybe, possibly, we prayed prayers, I remember, four years ago that made me think back, do you know what? 
we approached the throne of grace with freedom and confidence. I remember praying to him, he's just like, God, I want the wife that is going to be best for me, and I am going to wait for her till you bring her to me. And just kind of seeing his face yesterday, I was like, wow, what a privilege to be where God is really answering prayers in a big way. The manifold wisdom of God was that we should approach God's throne with freedom and confidence. Yet so often it's crushed, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. So often we revert back to small, bold prayers. We revert back to small, bold relationship with God. We think he's never going to give us anything. And so Paul writes, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Why does he kneel before the Father? Because he realizes, and that you and I see again and again in our lives, that our dreams are crushed, our vision is squashed, and we go back to being little, bold people. Paul wants us to approach the throne of grace with freedom and confidence to come before God and saying, God, this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm living for. This is what I'm dreaming for. This is what I'm gonna, what I want to see. And God, I can come right into your throne room because of what Jesus has done. And I'm not going to settle for small prayers. Folks, tonight, let's not settle for small Bold prayers. Let's settle for big, big prayers. Paul goes on, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power for his, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Now this has stopped working. Brilliant. (laughs) Gillian, if you could flick it on to the next... Slide, thank you. We hear it so often, don't we? God loves us. You know, all of us, the amount of services we've been in, the amount of sermons we've heard, the fact that God loves us. But yet, we so often revert back to I think he loves me this much. But Paul writes, I'm on my knees. Why? Because I want you to know how wide, how high, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. Friends, God's love is so vast that it does not matter about your past. 
God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter about your present. God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter about your future. God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter if your marriage has hit the rocks. God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter if you're jobless. God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter if you're homeless. God's love is so vast, it doesn't matter if you're grappling with um, with addiction and sin that nobody knows anything about. God's love is so vast that there is nothing that can stop you approaching the throne of grace with freedom and confidence. He loves you with a love that we'll never fully understand, we'll never fully grasp. But what that love is, it is not small. That love is huge. And because of that, friends, do not let life diminish your prayers and make you small, bold people again. Paul writes, I want you to grasp it. So you want, I want Christ to dwell in your hearts through faith. What does that mean? That our hearts, in a sense, will literally beat with the love of Christ. That we know wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we can approach his throne and know he loves us and ask for the impossible. Friends, it's amazing. I always find it a humbling privilege to stand here, knowing what it was like to stand in this church 14 years ago. Guys, the impossible has happened in front of your very eyes. The impossible is happening now. But we mustn't stop. We must keep moving forward. And how do we do that? We do that by Christ becoming our heartbeat again. Very thoughts, our very words, our very actions realizing that Jesus loves us with an outrageous, unending love that we'll never fully comprehend. He loves us with an incredible love. And he wants, Paul writes, that Christ should dwell in our hearts, that we'd fully get it. I remember about, oh crikey, must have been about 2008, 2009, me sitting where you guys are and Joya standing up here and giving a talk which I've never forgotten. It was part incredible preach, part science lesson about, <laughs> about our hearts. But she talked about at the end of it and she just said, when all is said and done, our hearts need to beat for Jesus. And she talked about the fact that our hearts is where we think about and where we experience love. And why is it in so many services and so many preachers hear about the fact that God loves us? It's because we don't fully get it. And if we did fully get it, we'd never, ever pray small, bold prayers again. We pray big, bold prayers because he loves us. And because we can approach the throne with confidence and freedom wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And then Paul finishes up, which is where I'm going to land now tonight as well, with this. 
Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So, does the Father want us to go before God with a bowl this size? No. Does God, does Jesus want us to come before the Father with a bowl of prayers this size? Maybe God would fill this bowl for me. No. Maybe we need to go before God with a bowl this size. Get quite a lot in this. No. Maybe he wants us to come before him with a bowl this size. You can get a lot of salad in here. Salad's a bit dull, but you can get a lot of stuff in here. No. This is the bowl that God wants us to come before him. And no, Gillian, if we could just flick on to the next slide. You're like, Tim, that's not a bowl. Exactly. How wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ? You cannot measure it. He wants to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. The last time I looked up that word immeasurably, apparently it means you can't measure it. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, all limits are off. All boundaries have been broken. Because of the cross of Christ, the impossible is now possible. The guys that followed Jesus around wrote him saying, nothing is impossible for him who believes. Nothing. They wrote that with man, some things are impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. And then the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. And what did Jesus say? He said, with faith that big, you can say to that mountain, move, and it will be done. Now we all know, because we've been there and we've experienced life. And you say, Tim, but yeah, at times I've prayed those prayers and nothing's happened. And I think Jesus would simply say to us, some of us tonight, why did you stop? Because I never said it was over. Jesus would say to us tonight, come back to start praying Jesus-sized prayers. Because when we're rooted and established in love, when we realize that his heart beats for us with a love that is beyond limit, that he says to us, approach me with confidence and freedom, that we realize that he will do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. We've been gathering on a Monday evening every week, and we'll be there again tomorrow night praying for God to do stuff. And do you know what? Suddenly people are becoming Christians. And I'm there with my little bowl going, God, it would be great. 
And if I could like see my other vicar mates from time to time and think, I'm not making complete hash of it. And he's like, Tim, shut up, you idiot. I'm going to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. And some of us tonight simply need to start asking and imagining all over again. Because he promises that as we do that, he will do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. And he says, come before me with confidence and freedom and pray and see what I will do. And so what I'm going to ask us, St. Saviour Summary, to do tonight is this. And I don't want to put too much of a major onus on you as a church congregation. But I want you to know what much of a privileged position you are in and what I feel God has called you to be as a church. Friends, this church is one of the major hopes for this area. The spiritual future of this area in part lies with you guys. We're trying to do our best three miles away, but honestly, we're stuck back in about 1985. Hopefully, we'll catch up. You guys are living in 2016. You do not realize what you've got. Friends, lead the rest of us in God-sized prayer and in God-sized vision because we need you. This area needs you. Your workplaces need you. Your families need you. The council needs you. We need you. Please, please, please don't, play small, don't pray small bowl prayers. So what I'm just going to ask us to do tonight, if you'd like to come and join me in doing this, is just to spend a bit of time just coming and kneeling at the front here. And just asking God to blow the bowls away. That we would pray, cross-shaped, God-sized, immeasurable prayers. Claire, I don't know if you want to just kind of play the guys um, for a little while. But maybe you're sitting there tonight and for whatever reason you know you've been approaching God with a, please do something. And God's saying, ditch that. Calm with freedom and confidence and watch me do immeasurably more. So as the band plays, no one's going to kind of pray for you. We're just going to kneel together and just ask that God would do immeasurably more. I don't mind if it's kind of all gone over your heads and I'm just kneeling on my own for a few minutes. I'll have a nice time. But I just sense God kind of calling to us. Let's start praying God-sized prayer with God-sized vision and let's see what he can do. Make your way to the front if you'd like to. If that's difficult for you, just kneel or sit where you are. Let's just ask God again for God-sized prayer and God-sized vision.